Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. Right now, as, as I'm speaking to you, we are in the middle of the 10 days of Teshuvah between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. These are very holy days. These are days in which we're uh, finishing up everything that we need to do before Yom Kippur, the day of awe. Uh, on Rosh Hashanah we were inscribed in the Book of Life and on Yom Kippur we were sealed and we want a good life, we want a good book, a, a good signing, we want to be uh, have a beautiful year so <clears throat> I heard um, a shiur by Rabbi David Aaron that really catch my breath and uh, I want to share it with you because it really will make a whole difference for you when you do the confessions, the Vidui prayer uh, on Yom Kippur. This Vidui prayer is actually said during the week. We say it every day when we say Taknun. And um, we say it in the Shaharit prayers, we say it in the Minha prayers, and we say it in the Kriyat Shema, in the, in the prayer that we do before we go to sleep every day. And then on Yom Kippur, in, in, on, on Shabbat or on Yom Tov, we don't say this prayer because we don't confess for our sins on this uh, Yom Tovim and on Shabbat and Rosh Chodesh, we don't say them. But on Yom Kippur, actually, we do say them. We say them ten times. We say them in each Amidah and in each repetition of the Amidah. So we are going to do five Amidahs, five Shemone Ezra's on Yom Kippur. And there's five repetitions of the Amidah. If you're praying alone at home, obviously you're not going to do the repetition. But in a regular year, <clears throat> we do them ten times. And uh, ten is a whole number. As we know, the Tree of Life is uh, the ten sefirots, the ten uh, uh, godly attributes, the three intellectual, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And then we have seven emotional attributes that when we align ourselves in the right way and we emulate Hashem's ways, then these attributes are aligned with God. So this Vidui prayer, really what it's doing to us, is it's aligning us uh, uh, to be able to connect to Hashem in the right way and to never lose track, never, never lose focus of our purpose in life, which on Rosh Hashanah we were reminded of because it was the birthday of humanity, of, of Adam. And, uh, and as I said in the last class, we are reminded on Rosh Hashanah that we're here with a purpose and a mission. And uh, this Vidui prayer, really, it's all about that. And it's the story of a criminal. When you transgress in one way and you don't correct that, then it starts trickling down to the point that you become a person that has lost all control of himself. So <clears throat> this Vidui prayer is interesting. It goes from Aleph to Tet. It's Aleph, Bet, Gimet, Dalet. Like each word goes in the order of the alphabet. It's 22 words uh, of the Jewish alphabet. And, uh, and as we read them, we see how one takes you to the next. And so the Arizal, who was a great Kabbalist that lived in Tzfat, he used to, when he used to do this prayer, and he was a tzaddik, he was a righteous person, he used to do it with a lot of kavanah. Usually when we do it, we have to take our right fist and hit ourselves on the heart a little bit. Like you don't have to like knock yourself out, but you have to give yourself a little hit every time you say one of these words. And the Arizal, he used to do it with a lot of intention. And one day a man that was standing next to him said to him, hey, I don't understand, you're such a tzaddik. All of these sins that are mentioned here, 
you never do this. Why would you do it with such a kavanas if you had sinned with all of them? And he said, because you have to understand that the Jewish people are really one. We're not separate. In a certain way, we are individual. Each one is an individual. Every person is accountable for himself and is responsible for himself. But in a higher level, we are all part of the one, part of Hashem. And when a, a Jew sins, he brings the whole Jewish people down because it, it, it affects all of us. We are as, as strong as the weakest link. We're a big chain with the links and the link that is the weakest one, that's the one that, is, that will make that chain strong or not strong. So uh, when a person sins, says the Arizal, it's as if I sin too. And when a person does a mitzvah, it counts as if I did a, a mitzvah too. So we are, we are interconnected and we are responsible one for the other. So we see here that the thread of this um, Vidui prayer that we say during the week and we reinforce during Yom Kippur, in, re in reality is the story of a criminal. And as the Torah teaches us, mitzvah goreh is mitzvah, a mitzvah, the, 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 the gift of a mitzvah is another mitzvah. When you do a mitzvah, the next thing you know, Hashem is putting another mitzvah in front of you. That is the reward of a mitzvah. But at the same time, a vera, is a vera, the reward of a, of a, of a sin, of a, of a prohibition of doing something that is not a, what Hashem wants you to do, the, 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 the reward of that is that you're gonna be given another avera. So depending on which way you're going, this is what's gonna be next to you. How do you know if you're doing well or not in life? Look at what's happening to you. What opportunities Hashem is giving you. So we begin with Hashemnu. We hit ourselves and we say Hashemnu. And Hashemnu means we have transgressed. And uh, this is the beginning of everything. This is the most important Aleph that you're gonna have because Ashavnu is that we recognize our sin. And this is number one. When people err, it's important to recognize that we did something wrong. It's important to, you know, it's shameful. Yes, everybody wants to be perfect. Nobody wants to do anything that goes against uh, what is right, uh, most people. But in reality, sometimes it's hard to recognize that we have erred. And the first thing that we learn here is that when we are able to recognize that we did something wrong, that's the beginning of, 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 of your health because it's, it's, it, once you recognize this, half of your malady is gone. You're able to work around yourself. You're able to fix yourself. You're able to refine yourself. But if people don't recognize their wrongdoings, then the next one is gonna be another step down. So the, the word ashamnu comes from the word asham, and it's a hint of eshma. Eshma means what's fi fire of what. And here, uh, fire <coughs> represents our potential. Uh, when a person is fulfilling his potential in life, really he has a fire inside. He's, he's lighting up. He's, he has a fire. He has a passion. So when you say ashamnu, I have tran transgressed, in reality, is you're recognizing, re recognizing that you have lost part of your potential. That you have a potential that Hashem gave you with all your qualities or all your characteristics. 
you have a potential to fulfill in this world and when you don't recognize the wrongdoings of your life then you're wasting your potential and so so then ashamno what it really means is i have been irresponsible i have wasted my potential and i haven't been uh, responsible for who i really am and this is the first sin in history this was the first sin in history when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of, of knowledge. Hashem said to Adam, what did you do? What did you do? And Adam, what did he say? He said, the woman you gave me, it's her fault. He started pointing fingers to his wife. She's the one that made me eat that. So this is the, the, the first sin of a person. This is, the, this is the beginning of the end. And what happened next? What was the second sin? in the story of, of, uh, of creation, of man, of creation of the world, the second sin was that Cain murdered his brother Abel. So from here we see that when we don't recognize our potential and we don't recognize our faults, then we're going to end up doing things that we shouldn't be doing and we're going to be wasting our potential. So the second one is Bagadnu, and Bagadnu means that I have betrayed. Uh, <clears throat> it's interesting that the word for clothing in Hebrew is begedim, beged, clothing, and, um, and bagatnu, this I have betrayed, reminds us uh, that we betrayed Hashem, that when Adam and Eve ate from the, from the tree of knowledge, in reality they, they betrayed God, because he said to them, they were just created, Hashem said to them, you have this whole garden for you, you can eat from any fruit you want from this garden, except that one from that tree in the middle of the garden. You have to wait three hours till Shabbat begins, and after Shabbat begins, you can have that fruit. It's, a, it's, it's for Shabbat. Keep it for Shabbat. And they were not able to stand three hours. They, were, they weren't able to, to, um, to, to wait. So the, the thing was that when man was created and he was in the Garden of Eden, the, the skin was made of, of like nails. It was a translucent skin. It was made out of nails and they were naked. They, they didn't wear any clothes. And since there was no, no evil in the world, there was no good and evil, eh, nobody realized that another person was naked. There was nothing to it. So they were not ashamed about it. But the moment that they sinned and they fell from the Garden of, e of Eden, Hashem said, Ayeka, where are you? Where are you? And Adam is Hashem knows where they are. What is he asking them? Where are you spiritually? And at that moment, they recognized they were naked and they were ashamed. They were ashamed and Hashem dressed them up. So we see here that clothing is a reminder of this, uh, of this sin, of this sin in which we betrayed Hashem, in which we said, yes, we won't eat from this tree, we will wait. And at the end of the day, they went and ate from it. Obviously, the snake had a lot to do, but you know, the Yetzer Hara is always going to be there, but the one that takes the choice is you. So the clothing is something that should bring honor to you. When you get dressed, when you dress sneud, you dress in a modest way where you're not showing off your, your skin, in reality is a, is a rectification of that betrayal because you're dressing accordingly to Hashem's will. So we see here that people betray because they end up wearing their wrong clothing. And this is allegorically. 
It's when people are trying to fit in a place where they don't fit. And uh, <clears throat> they try to be something they're not. And when a person tries to live a life of lies where he's trying to be whatever he, 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 he needs to be because this is what society is asking him to be or because this is the latest fashion in the world like today all children you want you ask them what do you want to be when you grow up and they want to be a hip-hop dancer or a, or a pop uh, a star a singer or they want to be a, a, a basketball player why because this is the things that are cool right now and people want to be this but what about this kid that has a brilliant mind and he could be like an incredible doctor you know so we have to learn to live with our potential we have to learn to be who we're meant to be and not try to go against our natural um, makeup of, of, of our potential of what Hashem gave us to be and try to fit into clothes that really don't belong to us and um, and so this is Bagadnu and then you have uh, Gazalnu and Gazalnu means to steal and to steal not only means that a person is gonna go into a bank and gonna steal a bank and he's gonna put everybody a gun in their head and they're gonna steal three million dollars from the bank this doesn't it not only applies to that obviously that's uh, called uh, stealing but it's, there's um, subtle ways of stealing too. Like for example, if you go into a person's a, a store, you go into a store and you wanna see the, the watches and, uh, and you say to the, to the, to the um, person, the attendant of the store, oh, I wanna see the watches. But you have no intention of buying anything. And you waste this person's time. You waste him an hour of his time and you're, you're trying every watch on the store, but at the end you're not meaning to buy anything. This is stealing. This is to steal a person's time. Uh, when you're gonna go and you wanna try things on and you don't know if you're gonna buy, you have to be honest. You have to tell the person, look, I really just wanna look and see. I'm, I, I, I wanna buy a watch one day, but I, I wanna see them first. Maybe in the future I'll come and buy a Be honest about it. Stealing can also mean that you're stealing people's ideas. That's why at the beginning of this class, I tell you, I, I heard this shiur, this amazing shiur from the, uh, Rabbi David Aaron that I wanna share with you. I'm giving, I'm giving the, the, the person that where I heard it from. I'm not stealing his shiur. I'm telling you where it came from. But if I come and I say, this is this amazing shiur and I don't mention the person where I li listen to it, then I'm stealing a person's ideas. Or if I, or if I put a quote, in my Instagram account, and I don't give a, I don't give the, the the person that say it said it. I don't put it there. It's like you're stealing from people. So stealing can be something very subtle, and um, and you can steal people's minds. And you're not yourself because you don't believe in yourself. So this is the problem when people start stealing from other people. Uh, whether they do it consciously or subconsciously in reality subconsciously the person is not doesn't believe in himself and everything comes from a shamnu from the first one that i don't recognize my potential i don't recognize uh, what i came to do into this world you know in life people are so worried about others we, we take so much time worrying about others in reality we only have to worry about ourselves we have to look inside look at you 
if something bothers you from another person don't judge the person look at what bothers you in that person look it inside of you and, and, and fix it within yourself so then we have the barnu the barnu dofi and this one comes from the word dupi which means two mouths and this means that you say something and you feel something else is when a person is not has no integrity he thinks one thing he says another he goes and does another thing he's not honest he's not straightforward he's crooked in a certain way so a, a person that is dupey that what, what he says with his mouth and it's not what he feels in his heart is a person that will end up being manipulative and um, and everything goes back to Ashamnu to that first one. And then we have hevinu, which means to distort, to distort uh, information. And this is a person that reinterprets things, rationalizes a lie. He does something wrong and he's rationalizing everything. Like, you know, we can justify everything that goes around us. You know, we see it today with, uh, with these movements that are looting and they're stealing and they're burning stores and damaging cars and do, they're justifying everything. Everything is justified. They, they, they justify it because they're upset at this and they're upset at this and they're upset at this and because they were slaves and because of this and retributions and the people have insurance and the insurance is going to pay them. You can justify every wrong under the sun. But at the end of the day, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's, it's terrible. So, and everything comes back to Ashamnu. It comes from a place of not recognizing your potential, of being insecure about yourself, about not loving the person that Hashem made uh, to be, and not being grateful and not being uh, responsible and accountable for your life. So then we have number six, which is Viehirshanu, and this is uh, to encourage loneliness. It comes with the other one, and this is a serious one because what it does is that it diverts people's attentions from us by encouraging other people to do it instead. So you see, uh, these movements, I want to put them because they're so, so real right now. We, we have it in front of our eyes. And you see that the people that run the movements, they don't do the, the, the dirty work. They're not in the manifestations. They're not looting. They're not doing all this stuff. But they're encouraging other people to go and do these things. So you see here that these people become pathological liars and they become people that make other people do, do things that they shouldn't be doing. And then we have Satnu. And this is a very interesting one because it means we sinned willfully. And when you're there hitting yourself on Yom Kippur, you're gonna say, okay, I sinned, but I didn't do it on purpose. I, it's not like I chose to do this thing and I premeditated this thing. But in reality, there's many times where we do things that are premeditated. So from, for this, I have to give you a little explanation of what really free will means uh, to be to be able to to choose freely and to be able to have free will you have to work on yourself every day of your life you have to become the person that's going to be at a moment of decision so for example if a person suffers from anger and he's in the highway and someone puts his car a little bit close to him and he's not working on his anger 
he's gonna react and he's gonna go and throw his car on top of this person and make this person get out of the highway and, and crash his car and whatever. He's not having free choice. He's not being free to choose. He's just being a, an animalistic, instinctive uh, person that's just reacting. So this is considered um, a, a willfully premeditated sin because obviously if this is going to happen to this person, this is, this is what's going to be, this is what's going to happen. And I, I learned from uh, Rebbe's and Esther Jongreis, she says, why would Hashem put you in such a, a moment? Why would he put a car next to your car if he knows that you're gonna go out of balloons in your head and you're gonna go crashing this other person out of the highway? So she says, uh, Hashem puts the situation in front of you. So at that moment, you can see where you are in life. This is where you are. And you're gonna make choices according to where you are. This is, this is free will. It's not in the moment. The free will comes before. It comes when you say, you know what, this has to change. I cannot go on like this. This is wrong. I take accountability. I be, I'm responsible for my actions. Ashamnu. I, I have a potential. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be an angry person. I don't want to react. And what does this person do? She works on herself or he works on herself. They learn, they buy a book. Rabbi Plinsky is amazing on that, on anger management, or you go to a therapist to be able to get rid of it or whatever, you, you breathe, you take a cold glass of water, you learn your tricks, you learn how to control this a, a negative mida, negative character trait that you have. And it's not your fault that you have that. You were wired to be like that. But Hashem wants you to, to get rid of it. That's part of your purpose in life. So we see here that uh, that's important that we're always working on ourselves, that we're always uh, trying to, to grow, to bring our potential out, to be people that are accountable. We go back to Ashamnu, I'm responsible, I'm accountable. When you don't live like this, then um, sadly, the, the problem is sadly that you're not going to be able to, to, to have free choice. You're not going to be free to choose. And so then we have, um, we have, before I say it, there's a beautiful story of the Kotzke Rebbe that he says that our real problem in life is not what we think about ourselves. It's not even what other people think about ourselves, but what we think that other people think about ourselves. And most of the time, people are not thinking about you. This I learned at 20, people are so worried. What are people thinking about me? What's go what do they think about me? At 40, you can care less of what people are thinking about you. And at 60, you realize nobody's thinking at you about you because they have no time to think about you. So that's where things start, when we're so engrossed, so self-absorbed self about ourselves. We have to let go of that self. We have to be more, what does God want from me? What is my purpose here? If I have this situation in front of me, what's the right way to, to approach it? It's not so much about what I feel, what I want, what I like, no. Because that's you, 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 that's your ego. And the problem is your ego. So then we have Hamaznu, 
and this one means we have extorted this is that comes to a point where a person already has no remorse about the things he does he doesn't even feel bad about them and this one uh, falls into the category of petty stealing uh, where people find loopholes and they do things that are not right uh, like fraud or they evade taxes or they do all these things and that is called petty stealing actually the the Mabul, the flood, was because of this. This was the, what caused the Mabul. And it was like a person would see something that you had, like a, you had a beautiful necklace and your friend would say, oh, I love your necklace. Here, give me your necklace. I, I want your necklace, give it to me. Here, I give you $2. I'm buying it from you. So you see, the person wouldn't feel that they stole the necklace, they paid for it, you know? But the other person was like, they didn't have a, even say anything, they were like dumbfounded. So this was what used to happen in the times of the flood, before the flood, that people were taking things away from other people because just because they would leave like a few coins, so it wouldn't look like they're stealing, but at the, at, at, in reality, it's petty stealing. And then we have tafal nusheker, which we are preoccupied with lies, and the, our life becomes a whole big lie, and we, we live in a virtual world where nothing is real, and we live with deceptions, and everything is a deception, and we're negative people, we become very negative, toxic people, and, um, and everything comes from not recognizing your potential. And then you have Lats Nura, it's a person that gives bad advice. And, um, and the problem is that when a person comes and asks for advice, most people are thinking about themselves. And they cannot give good advice because the only way that you can give good advice is when you are empathetic with the other person, you put yourself in their shoes, you, you, you get out of your system, you put yourself in their place with their situation, their reality, their personalities, their everything about themselves, and you give them an advice based on their situation, not on how you would approach it in your shoes. So then we have Kisavnu, which means we have disappointed and uh, this means that we make a promise and we don't keep our promises um, before Rosh Hashanah we were annulling our, our, our vows in, in Yom Kippur with a prayer of Kol Nidre we're annulling our vows it's very important to clean our slate it's better not to promise anything to anybody to not make promises always say Blineder with the help of Hashem I will take you here or I'll give you this or whatever but never promise because sometimes we we can't keep our promises we want to keep our promises but sometimes we can't and it's a problem so the, in the subconscious you know when we're born there an angel comes to us and he makes us make a promise he t makes us take an oath and he says be, when you're born be righteous and don't be wicked and we come down here and sadly we get consumed by the world and sometimes we end up doing things that are not righteous and we forget our promise but in reality deep 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 inside in our subconscious we know there is a promise we made and that's why we're able to do teshuvah people can return that people can get their act clean because they know deep inside that they have this oath that they made before they were born and then we have latznu uh, which comes from uh, the word letzanud, letzan, which means clown, and um, 
and this is when people really start feeling so bad about themselves uh, there's no no love for himself there's he feels so bad that he has to become frivolous and protects his identity and the way that he protects it is by becoming cynical and joking and making fun of people and um, and it, he does it to bring people down so he can feel that he's higher than them but uh, and everything comes from ashamnu ashamnu because i don't take responsibility for who i really am and then you have Maradnu, and Maradnu means that you're a rebel, you become a rebel, and this is a person that takes everything that is normative in life and goes against it. Like for example, you have stoplights in the street where the red light means you stop and the, and the yellow light means you go, and the yellow one means that you have to slow down. And a, a rebel would say, I don't care, I'll just go through the red light and I'll stop in the green light and I'm not gonna go with the flow and I'm not gonna follow orders and I do whatever I want. And this is Maradnu. And then we have Niatsnu, which means that a person becomes a violent person, a person that is a rebel will end up becoming a violent person if he doesn't go to Ashamnu and he's gonna be provocative, he's gonna be aggressive, he's gonna be abusive, and everything began with Ashamnu. It's the first one. And so then comes Saradnu, and this is a person that becomes an erratic, unpredictable human being. It's a person where you walk on eggshells, you'll never know what you're gonna say to them that's gonna make them blow up. Uh, they're reckless people, they're not accountable for their situation, they, they, they just don't care. And then you have a vino, which means I become crooked and perverse. And uh, then you have Pashanu, is a person that comes and rebels to Hashem. He goes against God's ways, he completely disregards the Torah, and he does everything out of rebellion. And then you have Sararnu, and it's a person that has oppressed people, has persecuted people, has uh, in, uh, caused other people to suffer tremendously. There's, it's a person that has no empathy whatsoever. And then you have Kishinorev, which is a person that becomes stiff-necked, becomes stiff-necked, like he can't bend, he cannot see another person's uh, point of view. Testarudo, uh, how we say in Spanish. And then you have Rashanu, which comes from the word Rasha, which is an evil person. This is already an evil person. You have Shihadnu, person that is completely corrupted. And at the end, we have Tiavnu, Taino, Titanu. Everything comes from not recognizing your potential. And then the Tiavnu is a person that will end up doing things that are an abomination for Hashem. Taino is a person that goes astray from God, and Titanum means that that's the worst of all. He makes others go astray. And so this is the Vidui prayer that we do. Um, and uh, I hope really that when you do it on Yom Kippur, you concentrate on Ashamnu. Go there, go to that place, love yourself. Look at yourself like a beautiful child that Hashem made, that He invested in you, He believes in you, He, he put you in this world for an important uh, purpose, an important mission. He endowed in you everything you need to be able to fulfill your potential, to be the best that you can be. 
you know, Reb Susha in his deathbed, he was crying and crying and crying. And his students said, Reb Susha, why are you crying? And he said, because I'm scared. And he said, how can you be scared? If you're such a holy man, how can you be scared to go and confront your maker? And he says, because I'm scared that when I get up there, they're not going to ask me, Reb Susha, why weren't you like Moshe Rabbeinu? They're going to ask me, Reb Susha, where, why weren't you Reb Susha? So in this world, you're not meant to be the blogger in Instagram. You're not meant to be that famous actress in Hollywood. You're not meant to be that friend you have that is so glamorous. This is not who you're meant to be. You're meant to be you. And as long as we kept, keep ourselves being who we really need to be, then we're going to live a beautiful, holy, purposeful, and meaningful life. So I wish you Gemar Hatimatova. May you be inscribed and sealed in the book of good life with good health and joy in your life and peace. And you feel good about yourself and everything you do. Be, be proud of yourself. And... Um, Shana Tova Umetuka, thank you.